For episode 100, I couldn't have thought of a better guest than Carrie and Jason Bai, who are the official ambassadors to the Barney Smith Toilet Seat Museum. Once the internet got really big, you know, and people were able to Google themselves, I would always kind of decide to Google myself once in a while and find out where I'm at. And there was always this one Barney Smith who was way even more famous than I am. Uh, is He created toilet seat art. And I had the opportunity to meet him back in 2017 when I was at a conference in San Antonio, Texas. And I ended up having a great time. I spent hours going to his toilet seat museum, seeing all of that and had a great time. I ended up actually uh, painting a toilet seat art for him that he then submitted into his art museum, which was out of the, out of his garage, mind you. So when episode 100 was starting to come around, I had to jump at the chance to, to grab uh, Carrie and Jason by, uh, to sit down and talk to them about, about Barney Smith. And unfortunately he passed away a couple years ago, but, um, I, I hope you enjoy episode 100 of Story Comment Presents. I had a fantastic time talking to them. Welcome to Story Comment Presents, where we interview amazing storytellers and artists. This is episode 100. I am your host, Barney Smith of StoryComic.com. And I'm honored to have with us the official ambassadors to the Barney Smith Toilet Seat Art Museum, Carrie and Jason Bai. Carrie and Jason, Hi. thank you. Hi. I, I am. I gotta say, I am excited to talk to to both of you. And I, I we've talked like like you know through like tech, you know, texting, but never actually sure. like voice to voice. Um, and, and I wanted to make this like, you know, this special episode, we, we both have a history with the Barney Smith of the toilet seat art museum. And, and I, w I wanted to really kind of dedicate, you know, an episode of just talking about the art and the man behind the art. And there's plenty of things. There's, there's, um, there's websites and stuff, and there's YouTube videos of interviews that he's done. And, but just wanting to, you know, talk to the the people that you you're 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 his neighbors for 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 many years. You helped them out for many years, and and just really wanted to, you know, just 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 chat with you both about just you know his art and you know his story and um and yeah. and all these all these you know great uh, great inspirations that he's kind of given to a lot of people. So yeah, thank. You. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Yeah, yeah, we we pretty much were in Barney's life for the last um, three years of his life. So, mm -hmm. you know, not many, many years, but we kind of caught the interesting um, transition of a lifelong artist in a, in a quirky garage museum right. and then having him, you know, give it up he sold it and it um, lives on today um, at the colony um, truck yard just mm. like a um, what would you it's like a beer garden it's got like an outdoor roadside have you been have you been there yet no i haven't no, oh yeah I it's, haven't. It's, it's really cool we actually went to the museum opening 
-hmm. and Bernie was there for that um, in 2019. And then um, when we, we don't live in Texas anymore. So we were living um, pretty close to Barney. Um, he was in Alamo Heights, which is part of San Antonio. Um, mm-hmm. And we, oh, <laughs> we, we ended up uh, um, stopping in the truck yard on our way moving to Pittsburgh. So we're in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania now. So right. we're, no, we're no longer in, in San Antonio. Okay. And how far away is um, the truck yard colony to San Antonio? Is it the original house of Barney Smith? What, what, it's, like, it's five hours. Yeah, five hours driving. Okay. So, yeah, the, the, the art is no longer in San Antonio, which is, was disappointing at first, but the whole collection got saved together. Right. And um, the new owners did a really great job making this wonderful um, legacy for him. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, in front of the building, they have uh, toilets kind of stacked up as pillars. Um, so it's very nice. Uh, and then you go in the front door and there's the whole timeline of Barney's life. They oh, made no. um, kind of framed pictures and all sorts of cool stuff. Yeah. Yeah. They did a fantastic yeah. job. Yeah. There's the toilet seat. There's the toilets. <laughs> yeah. The, the little mural they did up on the ceiling is great. Mm. Barney laughed when he saw that. Because the original museum was in his garage and it was all packed in there and there's no way you could see it all, you know. <laughs> it <Right>. was insane. <laughs> right. And I know when I yeah, when I visited in 2017 it was it was in his garage and there was not a lot of there and I, here's this from the um, uh, Atlas Obscura. This yeah. is basically what it was. It was stacks upon stacks. So he would usually just open one of the doors, but for special occasions, he would open both doors. <laughs> and it's fun. It was fun to see different pictures of his museum through the years because you know at a time there wasn't there wasn't very many, and then he keeps adding. And he, you know, he would do is he would get those. Um, uh, from the uh, like the cemeteries where you hang like a, a flowers or a wreath for the departed, right. he would use those to hang all his toilet seats. <laughs> so like in that picture, there's like a little column and of toilet seats, and those are all on um, those little bendy metal frames, right. you know. And yeah. and then if you looked up inside the museum, they're all hanging up there. It was pretty incredible. <laughs> <laughs> And, and then he, he passed away in 2019, right? He did. Right. Okay. It was actually like one month after the muse- the new museum opened. I mean, it couldn't have actually gone really better. Um, his right. health was declining pretty fast. He was pretty wobbly. Um, you know, he, the museum had closed. We had packed it all up um, and it had gone um you know, north. So, so the last few months until the museum opened, you know, he didn't have as much to do, but he still was trying to make art. Like he was literally still drawing and <laughs> still fiddling and finding things to do. So he, he just was one of those people who just always was, were using their hands to create. And, right. and he was always thinking of ideas. Like it just, it never stopped like up until he passed away. But yeah, the, once the Toilet Seats Museum 
museum was gone. He didn't have as strong of a, you know, I don't know, purpose. Yeah. To, because he didn't have that. He loved to show visitors and he no longer had people coming because it was gone, you know. So I wasn't surprised that he passed away soon after the, right. the museum left. So, so talking about Carrie and Jason, I think that if I recall correctly, uh, the two of you were um, very much uh, champions on trying to make sure there was a um, a spot for his museum to go to. Uh, remember in the right. group, where it's, it's like you know you're 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 really trying to champion to make sure it stayed in San Antonio and your work with him. Talk to us a bit about that, how that transition happened by the search for where his legacy was going to go. Well, I mean, on my part, uh, I, I didn't do a whole lot with it. Carrie was definitely involved a lot more with that uh, than me, um, you know, but he had he had hoped that he could make some money off of it. And his <laughs> that was his thing. And he wanted it. At first, it was going to go to uh, his birthplace of Eastland, Texas. Hmm. Um but then uh, they weren't it, really offering him anything for yeah. it. It was like a, he put out the call and nobody people are interested, but it never nothing ever panned out because no, he didn't no, want to no. piece. He didn't want to piecemeal it. He wanted all the seats to yeah. go together. And that's right. a that's a lot to take on. Right. Like, there's a bunch of museums that would take six or ten, but to take fourteen hundred seats <laughs> <laughs> and some of them were in, you know, not the best condition. They've been in a right. garage for like. 25 years yeah. <laughs> right so, yeah. right uh, but um he you know when we got involved we um had just moved to san antonio and actually we'd met him in 2014 we were we had um gotten married and did this big cross-country train trip around the uh, circle around the country and we stopped in san antonio because jason had a best friend living in dallas and um, San Antonio is on the train line. So we thought that's a great place to meet. And so whenever I travel, I'm, I don't know, I've always looked for a quirky museum to go to. And since the 1990s, I had actually collected a bunch of museum books and Barney Smith's Toilet Seat Museum was in all those books. So it was on my radar, you know, a decade before I saw it. So when, when we were coming to San Antonio, I was like, I'm gonna see that Barney Smith toilet seat museum. And I really thought it was out in the country. Like <laughs> this sounds like something on, and you know, it's like a, a, and of course me, I'm like, it's it's Texas, it's a dusty road and there's like tumble, tumbleweed going by. And now San Antonio is like a luscious, um, you know, there's rivers and it's very, it's actually a humid place in the summer. Like it's not that dry. Right. <laughs> and the museum actually turns out it's in like a suburb, like right. a suburban garage. Like it's not anything you'd expect. Right. But So we, we went and saw it. And as we were talking earlier, it's like a time, it's like, time stops still he drags you, you you go into his museum and you're in we were in there for all morning and it was august and it was hot and we were sweating but then he's like showing us something else and telling a story <laughs> and it's just he's just an incredibly interesting person like his art's cool but like the barney himself is just you know you don't meet people like him very often like he's a he's a I don't know, just, yeah. we fell in <laughs> love with Barney that day. And so 
literally and 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 so it happened is so we, we visited in 2014 on our vacation yeah and then so believe it or not i have the bathtub art museum so <laughs> and it's more like a small time thing like it's a i collect postcards and little bathtubs and so i'm like barney you don't have a bathtub themed toilet seat and so he's like well send me something and so i sent him a little plastic bathtub and some pictures and he actually like i so i called him one time and i found out that he finished it and so i got a picture so we were in contact a little bit in between mm. but i think we ended up moving to san antonio because he was so charming and he was such a highlight of our tour we're like wow maybe we should live in san antonio <laughs> <laughs> so I think he kind of there's lots of other reasons too but he really just inspired us and so we ended up actually moving to San Antonio in 2016 and if you want to tell the story we ended up <laughs> we ended up finding him find, again. yeah 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 we were walking around one day um just kind of exploring and we happened upon his house and the museum was open. And so we were like, well, let's go in and see it again. And so we walked in and Barney was there and he said, come on in. And then he, showed, he showed me the bathtub yeah. seat he made. Yeah, and yeah. And then, yeah, we just hit it off. And it was Carrie who actually uh, started doing more volunteer work with him. And so around his, um, so we were moved there in April. Yeah. And then... His birthday was in May. So his birthday's May the 25th. Yeah. And he just said, hey, like I would call him like once a week, maybe, or every, and then we'd just pop by and visit. Mm. And he's like, oh, do you want to come over for some cake and ice cream on my birthday, May the 25th? And I was like, sure. <laughs> well, it turns out he was having a street party, an another fan there was like a whole street party and it, and the mayor of Alamo Heights declared it Barney Smith day. So it wasn't just cake and ice cream. It was like a major party. All his family was there. <laughs> and um, it, it, it really was, he, I think he said out loud to somebody like, Oh, I could use some help doing this. And I was like, me, me, me. I want to be your, I want to be your um, helper. And um, so then I started going there once a week. Yeah. And then she was telling me that, uh, you know, Barney would actually be out there at. He was 90. 94, 90. He was 90. 95. Well, he just turned 95. He just turned 95. Yeah. So, yeah. so he, he was out there mowing the yard. At 95. You know, and, and I was like, oh, he, you know, I let me come over and help him. Uh, so I, I went over one day and just said, oh, I can help you with yard work. Just let me know what you want done. And so I became as a. Uh, Gardener, basically. The, the museum, I, I was, museum groundskeeper. Museum groundskeeper, <laughs> yes. And I, so, yep. yeah. And Barney would come out and tell me how to do it. And, <laughs> you no, know, if I forgot my hat in this picture that you're showing there, he, he actually said, Oh, you, you should wear one of my hats. So I'm wearing <laughs> one of Barney's hats. Um, <laughs> and yeah, but, you know, I, I just did that and I loved helping him out. I learned so much from him. You know, not only did he do art, but he was, you know, a master plumber. He was an electrician. He, you know, he did it all. So he and he would like show me stuff on how to do it. And he'd explain to me like, OK, so we're going to take apart the electric lawnmower 
and then we're going to put it back together because the thing inside, uh, and I don't know all the technical terms to, to it still, but the thing that would spin inside to get the motor going would actually, uh, one of the pieces had become disconnected. So we had to like rewire it um, mm -hmm. back together and we did that and it worked. <laughs> that was that was the thing about Barney is, you know, he, he was so knowledgeable and just everything. And, and he, he had teach and show people and, you know. Yeah. Sometimes it was hard because no one did it as well as he did. Yeah. And it was hard because, you know, with his age, he was getting, you know, more wobbly in his fingers. It was harder for him to do. But still, I mean, my first time volunteering, he wanted to make, cut a board. And I was like, oh, I don't really feel comfortable cutting boards with a, um, just one of those free, free saws. And I right. just, and I was kind of, but he actually cut a perfect line. Like he did. <laughs> okay. I, yeah. I was like, I just, it, it was uncomfortable at times because I was always afraid something would go wrong because he was so old. But you know what I learned is he had so much experience and time doing stuff. And that's the thing when you work with older craftspeople or people who know a lot, they can actually still do a lot up into their, their nineties. Mm -hmm. um, you just have to kind of stand back and, you know, be there to help if they need or ask, but they can actually do a lot. And so I think that's why Jason and I especially formed a good kinship with him is we were just kind of there to learn from him and not tell him what to do, you know, and a lot of people want to tell older people what to do, but right. Barney, it was the Barney show. Yeah. <laughs> and he was just a, such a sweetheart. He would, at times he, he would, um, he would just say the funniest things. And then he would like, he would feed us cookies. <laughs> aim it. That was like, his <laughs> yeah. That and his Neapolitan ice cream. Oh, he loved his ice cream. <laughs> his sweet tooth. And he just, so after a hard, sweaty day out helping him with the museum, he would be, he'd go inside, sit in his chair, and then he'd so tell us to go into the kitchen and get a cookie, and then a cookie for, you know, a couple for him as well. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah. And you said that he had, what, well, 1,400 seats? Yeah. So, so in, at the end, he had about 1,400 exhibits. So all oh. his toilet seats, he numbered, and he had, he kept, um, record books he mm -hmm. loved record books he kept um wrote them all down um he also had sign-in sheets so everybody who visited the museum had to sign in and um tell tell you where he was they were from and you also got to sign a toilet seat and mm. then he would they would write which i think they wrote which toilet what seat state was it was a state whatever state you were from yeah. yeah yeah he really liked records and um kept a bunch of different kinds, you know. Right. Everybody who visited. Everybody who visited. Yep. Yeah. And actually those those binders of all visitors are are in the colony now. In, okay. in, in their in their lobby. We we sent that to them. So they have that now. Okay. And do you have so so if I'm trying to remember the story correctly that he told me. It was like the initial reason he started doing this is his father had some like antlers on a board and he wanted to find 
something similar and you grab the toilet seat. Do you remember how that, what the, the origin is, origin story of the toilet seat art? Yeah. So he had uh what he called uh, small beginnings was, is that correct? It was yeah. his first toilet seat. Yeah, it was his toilet seat. And that uh, he, he put little antlers on it. Um, and his father said, Oh, well, that looks good. And, you know, <laughs> so he, he just uh, did that. And then he went on from there. He did some uh, dogs and dog tags. Um, uh, he, he put like pelts yeah. from hunting on them too. I mean, but in, in, in Barney's viewpoint, why cut out a piece of wood when there's like a toilet seat that's already cut out? Like, you know, he's very resourceful. Yeah. <laughs> and he told us the story of how he got a lot of his first toilet seats was um, as a plumber, he was going to a shop and uh, one day he saw out back that uh, the shop had a bunch of toilets uh, seats that were just sitting out by the trash. And he was like, hey, uh, do you mind if I take those? And the, the guy inside said, go ahead, um, but, you know, take all the metal off um, so I can, you know, keep that for myself. And so Barney did that and he took home the toilet seats and just started doing work. And he he said, uh, you know, that it, this was more of a private thing at first. And mm -hmm. then he got into, um, he was he was also a painter. So he did uh, oil paints. Um, he would sell at the Riverwalk in San Antonio sometimes. Yeah, back in the day, he would yeah. say. And and he was doing a yard sale one one day, and uh, with that yard sale, a guy came up and said, "Oh, well, that's uh, looking mighty fine there. That what you're doing there with that uh, oil paints." And uh, Barney said to him, "Oh, you want to see something else?" Come into my garage, and he took this guy into his garage, and he showed him what he was doing in there. And the guy was like. Well, you should be showing this stuff to people, and and then uh, I guess there was like a news. Uh, it was leaked to the news, yeah, and, then, was, and yeah. then you know, once one news story comes out, then the next one, and then it, and then in August 1992 is when he started the museum officially. Okay, so that's when he started advertising it, inviting people in. Um, and, I, and I guess maybe at first I I don't remember this. Exactly, but I I think at first he was selling some little trinkets. Um, oh right! But then the city cracked down he on got that. In trouble. And said, you, you can't sell stuff. Uh, so that's why you know people would come in all the time and be like, "Oh, can I borrow buy one of those seats? I really like that seat." And Barney'd be like, "No, I can't sell you anything." Right. Um, but you know, you, you you can put a donation in the jar over there so I can get some more of my. E6000, my glue I like to use, and, <laughs> um, you know. So, yeah, he got in trouble for selling stuff. Uh, so he was no longer allowed to do that. <laughs> you can't have a continuous garage sale in Elmo Heights. No. No, uh, <laughs> no you have to have a permit. Uh, okay. You can only do sale. it a few times a year. So. Yeah. But, yeah, he, he, got our, he, he figured out how to get around everything and uh, – I mean, that museum attracted people from all over the world. People, I mean, he, he, he took records. I think he said 80 countries. Probably. It was 82 countries uh, the last time I remember seeing his little list. And in the, in the three years we volunteered, um, you know, I, I probably ran tours with him. Sometimes he, like, he, a few times he had a fall and he, was in, he couldn't... Um, come out to the museum and so I would show it but I mean it was a constant stream of like 
really interesting people from all over the world coming out to see his museum. Yeah. Yeah. You, no. So, so you said like it was in, so in 92, was that around the time when it was really, it was like on all the talk shows. Was that around that time? I think, yeah, I think his, his talk shows were around 2000. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I think it built up to that. And then, yeah, Around 2000, he was on, I don't remember the exact dates, um, yeah. but he went on three major, um, well, two of them he went on and one came to him. Okay. So so when you went to visit Barney's Smith's Toilet Seat Art Museum, at some point he would be like, oh, I'm going to, he would put on a video on a little teeny TV in the corner <laughs> yeah. and it had a repeating loop of the three shows. So he was on Arsenio, Arsenio Hall. Um, he was on... Was he on The View? The he was View. on The View. Good Morning America. And Good Morning America. Good Morning America came to him, I believe. He wasn't actually on there. Okay. But the, uh, the other two, he was he, yeah. he, he was present. Um, mm -hmm. He was so proud of that. Like, <laughs> and, he, and actually... For Arsenio Hall, he actually made two toilet seats and, and gave one. So so he had identical ones. But typically, he would bring a toilet seat, make everybody sign it, and then he'd bring it back to the museum and not let them keep it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And he had – and so – so he had different like themes as we mentioned earlier he had yes. toilet seats were specific to he had toilet seats that were specific to the states where you had to you had to sign i remember yeah. having to sign the vermont one um he also had ones that were based on, he also had ones that were celebrations of his wedding anniversaries oh, those, are beautiful. Yeah. those were beautiful um he also did ones for birthday parties like family birthday parties i remember seeing some of those as well sure. right yeah. Uh, and and talk to us about some of the other themed ones he he did. Well, he had his favorites yeah. and and his very favorite. But yeah, yeah, right. yeah. The ones that you, he would always show, like when you came in the door, they had uh, the Mount St. Helens, the million dollar toilet seat, uh, and the uh, space shuttle Columbia, the piece that he had from Cape, uh, Cape Canaveral. Uh, mm -hmm. It washed up on the beach, and it was sent to him. That's the uh, Challenger. Oh, well, I'm sorry. Yes, the he, Challenger. He had the Challenger. But he also did a Columbia. He had a Columbia one, one yeah. for those um, yeah. disasters. Thanks for, yeah. Um, and then he had the Saddam Hussein uh, piece of a toilet out of the green zone in Baghdad. He had that oh, wow. on a toilet. His neighbor brought it back yeah. for him. Yeah. Um, so he he really liked the seats that were like historical moments like that those he was really proud to have a piece of or a, or, or a story to he loved to show those off yeah um his earliest seats were kind of like the stuff seats so he had like um the dentist um and he had all the tools from the dentist office right. or he had a just hit a whole bunch of general plumbing ones yeah. He loved his arrowhead ones. He's really proud of those. He, and he would always say like that, that, that those are worth a lot of money. Just one of those um, arrowheads. So those, he lived in Tennessee for a while. Those came out of Tennessee in the fifties. Yeah. Um, he, Oh, the geocaching. Oh, was, right. That was a big subculture he, that supported yeah, him. So yeah. I think he was up to a, 
13, 12. There was a lot of them. Yeah. And they were full. Like a whole bunch of people who do geocaching would come because he was a site. Um, and then. The other one he liked to talk about um, was his wife uh, had a surgery. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and. It was a. He had a piece from the surgery that yeah. he like, that he's. Yeah, it was her the gallbladder. Gallbladder, I think she had removed, and um, and she actually hid that from him. He couldn't uh, get a hold of that. Of the actual, he had her, her actual gallbladder. Um, but <laughs> I think he had some other stuff on the. But he, he had like pieces of uh, her surgery, like uh, utensils, and I mean, <laughs> this was so. Yeah, and and then you know with like the uh, anniversary ones, he had like got the keys from like some of the hotels that they had stayed at and put those onto oh, the toilet seat. There was a time where he and his wife Velma, I think it was. Yeah, Velma. They would do all these. He was a world traveler for a while, and so he made all these beautiful scrapbooks on toilet seats of their trips, like. Yeah. Yeah, keys to the room, or I mean, they probably were just extra keys, but you know, yeah. <laughs> he really told a lot of cool stories through his seats. And he also told the story of, of the local story of, of different volunteer groups or like Boy Scouts mm -hmm. and Girl Scouts mm -hmm. that would come. Mm -hmm. He he loved the Pooch Parade, which is part of Fiesta, which is a big celebration in the spring in San Antonio. So he would actually be a I don't think I sent any photos, but he, he had, um, he was a water stop for the dogs right. and he opened his museum and he'd have all his poot parade seats displayed and the community would come by every year and say hi. And he also hosted, um, in January, um, a walking group that would come by and the road runners. The road runners. Mm -hmm. So he was just at, you know, like for such a weird museum, he is such a traditional family man, like right. in the community, you know, he would go to church. He, 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 um, he had his plumbing business, you know, until he retired. He, he, he had three daughters. He's a volunteer firefighter. Oh yeah. He was a vi volunteer firefighter for Alamo Heights. Like just a classic story, but you know, his art, he always said when he was young, he would redraw the comics in his bedroom. So he was mm -hmm. always doodling and drawing his whole life. But it wasn't until he retired that he could really just full blown do it 100 per, you know, 24 seven. And, and one of the things he was also really proud of is he had a, a something that his brother had done for a restaurant. It was a menu. So his um, brother's an artist too. Yeah, his brother was mm -hmm. an artist too. Um, and, and actually... He also had like a, a, it was a scapula of an animal. I'm not sure what animal exactly, but his brother had done a drawing on that, um, which was actually pretty amazing drawing. Um, so like in his museum, not only were there toilet seats, there was like family archives yeah. and other, and he also got into ceramics. So he started noticing all these like um, ceramic items he had made um using molds all like hidden behind the toilet seats <laughs> it's just, he was you know and he taught classes and yeah he was just i mean we only knew him his last three years so like you know he definitely had a long amazing life 
connected to the community. Um, and so we just feel so lucky we got to spend those last three years um, around him. You know, we literally were at the museum at least once to, once a week for three years. Well, yeah. and you had, so I mean, he's all, it's like also an inspiration when you kind of like do the math on this. Nine, 92, he was in er, his early 70s. Basically, yeah. he's either 71 or, yeah. so I mean, so at that point, he's, he decides to open up a museum yeah. at 71. <laughs> he's, right? I mean, then if you figure it out, then you do the math 20 years earlier is when he started doing it. So like in his early 50s, he started, you know, really working on, a, really kind of going. It. So for anybody, you know, watching or listening to this, I mean, it's, you never, never say it's never too late to, like, to, yeah. you know, it's no, like, it's, it is never too late true. to start. You know, when we first met him at 92, he was in really good shape at that point. Like, he just right. lost his wife, and he was a little sad, but he was getting around pretty good, I remember. You know, not too bad, but, mm -hmm. um, yeah, he, he just had such a full, wonderful life, I think. Right. Yeah. Yeah. One of the stories he liked to tell also was um, his wife told him uh, that he needs to stop at 500. Um, <laughs> and well, he never stopped at 500. He <laughs> promised that he would, but he didn't end up doing it. He kept going. <laughs> I mean, he always said. There's the Saddam uh, Hussein toilet seat that you got up right there. That's the little part of the toilet seat out of the green zone in Baghdad. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 I mean, he always said his wife knew where he was in his, in his toilet seat museum. So like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like... She didn't like that he did it, but you know, she, she always knew where he was. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we never got to meet her no. or talk to her at the, you know, but um, he sure loved his wife. So, I mean, he never, he missed her so much and never stopped stopped talking about her. Yeah, yeah. But I think they're yeah. married. They were married over sixty years, if I remember. A yeah. long time. Yeah, sixty-eight. I think uh, was it. I'm trying to remember the. I'm trying to remember the uh, the toilet seat art he did for every anniversary. I yeah, think off off offhand, I don't remember, but it was a long time. Yeah, yeah. He would always ask me if I was going to get to that number in my marriage. But, but. <laughs> I mean, we got we got married at, like you were you just early before I turned forty. So <laughs> no, yeah. you just turned forty. I met no, I, we met at thirty. I was thirty nine. Oh yeah, I turned yeah. forty right after we met. So um, yeah, yeah. So we're not going to make it that many it. years. I don't think, but <laughs> not as many as Barney did. <laughs> I mean, I think that. The thing we really also enjoyed about him is he could find a reuse a reuse for anything. He didn't right. throw anything out. Oh yeah. He kept things in shoe boxes all organized. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know. I just really I've always really admired that an artist who reuse and create with what's there. And so I always found that just delightful. And yeah, he was really inspiring. And in fact, before moving from San Antonio, I did an art show where I had collected um, a bunch of, um, I was cleaning up some trash on the streets and saving some different stuff. And so I had an art show of um, using the Barney style of the E6000 glue <laughs> <laughs> that I learned from him and um, took my own try at being like a junk artist, but. Um... Yeah. <laughs> 
Hey folks, I just wanted to take a quick break and say thank you so much for listening and watching Story Comic Presents, where we interview amazing storytellers and artists. If you can, please subscribe. If you can, hit the like button. If you can, go ahead and leave a review on your favorite podcast app that you like to listening to this on. And remember, always, always support local artists, support local writers, support independent creators. It sure does mean a lot to them. And we will be here at Story Comic to make sure that their voices are being heard. Thank you. So what what would you what would you say is like the like an advice that he gave you uh, either you know both of you as either either you know as you know artists or creators themselves on. Yeah, I mean, for me, I mean, he just gave me so much knowledge of just not, not only art, I mean, and I do a little bit of art myself, um, right. I actually have a piece up in the Barney Smith Toilet Seat Art Museum. Um, and I did a little piece for his 96th birthday um, of just a little wood burning that I do. Um, she but put on a toilet seat. But course. Barney put it on the toilet seat, um, <laughs> and he was he was so happy that I had done that for him. And yeah, I mean, you know, he just he was such an inspiration because I mean, even though he was in so much pain, every day he would get up and he would face the day, like you know, like it was just it was a pleasure to be there and just you know, he didn't. Yeah, he didn't let the pains and aches of everyday life get in his way. He was right. going to do what he was going to do. And um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, he, he, he welcomed everybody to his museum. Like he was just, he was just a good neighbor and, a, and, and just, I don't know. He was really creative and I always felt like he was a kindred spirit for me so mm -hmm. like i just kind of understood like is like i laughed because so i had the bathtub art museum and so then i moved to san antonio and i'm like oh there could be the toilet seat because it's funny that i do bathtub art and he does yeah. toilet art so it's like art related to these two parts of your bathroom right and so i wanted to do a bathtub art garden so I was like, oh, there could be the toilet seat art museum and then the bathtub art garden outside, right? Perfect. But like, I didn't even bring it up to him because as long as Barney was around, it was the it was the Barney Smith show. Like it was, there was no room for bathtub art museum. It was all toilet seats. <laughs> that was fine. Like he, he was just so interesting and, and a little energizer bunny. Like really, <laughs> that's right. kind of, like you. I would go hang out with him and help him open and close the museum, go home. And the next day he would have like drawings for his next toilet seat that he was working on. Oh, yeah. like he was always working on new work, right? always planning. And even when like he found a buyer for his museum, he planned all that out. He was drawing like how it was going to be packed. And he, and he was like, he figured out the banana boxes, the toilet seats fit in perfectly. <laughs> he's got everybody he knows gathering banana boxes for him. And you know, <laughs> you know, he, he, in some ways he made life easy because he just knew exactly how he wanted it and how to do it. And, and yep, there, there's the museum packed up. Um. 
with banana boxes. Like <laughs> some of those boxes have only one toilet seat because it was like 3D, and then other mm. ones have I don't know like ten. I think you yeah. could get up to ten in a box. Um, so I got the interesting job to um, document every single toilet seat. <laughs> so, you know, when you're, when I was just, you know, a volunteer helper with all, when the toilet seat museum was open normally, there's no way I saw all of them, all of them. But every That's time I go in, I would see something new because there's just so many. Right. Was well, as, as we had to pack it up, and he actually had a lot of um, neighbors help. Like I. I didn't end up doing as much packing as other people, but what I did was photograph every single toilet seat for him mm. because he's about to send his life's work away to some other people. He wanted to have the pictures to remember his art. And so I took each seat out and I photographed it and then I put them on a picture sheet for him mm. um, about what was in each box. And so um, you know, he only got to enjoy that book a short while, but um, I actually have um, the entire archive of toilet seats on my computer. So I, you know, I, and I've seen them all. <laughs> so in that way, I'm quite the expert of his life's work because I have an image of, of every single one because of right. that project. It was a lot of work, I'll tell you, like a lot of work to photograph them all. But I was like, I am down with that because... <laughs> How often do you get to like see the entire work of a folk artist like that? It was, you know, an exciting, like he needed the help and I was glad to do it. Right. <laughs> well, this isn't, this is like a, like the perfect image of, of Barney Smith here we're looking at where he's wearing yeah. his apron and he has his cordless phone yes. in that front pocket. <laughs> so he was, he was, he was the Barney Smith Museum, like in the sense. I remember when I called, thinking it was a museum. It was when I called to, hey, can I come and come to the museum? Yeah. It was by appointment. By appointment, and he, it was him picking up the phone. You're talking to Barney Smith. Yeah. <laughs> like he's like, yeah, come on over. I'll have it. I'll open up the garage for you. I'm like, okay. Yeah, that's exactly exactly how it was, and we would always laugh because. Because he still had a landline, he would get a lot of telemarketer calls. Mm -hmm. And he was hilarious because they'd be trying to call and sell him something. And then he'd be selling them his toilet seat museum. He'd be like, oh, you got to come see my toilet. <laughs> and they would eventually have to hang up on him because he, he didn't, you know. <laughs> it was pretty great um, on the phone talking to people. and Yeah. And, and what he was he? Anyone to miss it, so he right. would do his best to open it up for you, um, right. if he could. And um, he he loved meeting people, talking to people, and talking, mm. telling people about his art. He loved it so much. <laughs> and what did he say every time you wanted to take a picture with him? You'd always want to say what toilet seat or pop? Yeah, yeah. you had to say toilet seat. Yeah. One, one, two, three. Toilet to seat. It makes you smile better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then he had his favorite, his most favorite toilet seat. Um, you want to talk about that? But... No. Oh, no, no. Um, so he, he, he liked the, um, so in, in grade school, I think it was, or was it fifth grade? Yep. So you remember fifth better grade. than me. He, he had to recite a poem. 
But oh but, yes. But, but Rudyard Kipling. Rudyard Rudyard Kipling. Oh, yeah. Rudyard Kipling. Yeah. yeah. And um, it was called Earth. Earth laughs. Picture. picture. I mean, uh, we should know this. Yeah. No. Well, oh no no no. When Earth's last picture was painted, painted. yes, and yes. so I mean, he'd be mad that we messed that up. Yeah, um, we we listened to him repeat that so so long, but so he had a toilet seat with the poem and like an old paint set, but you couldn't even read the poem anymore; it was all like scrubbed away. And he would recite this poem to his visitors as kind of the last stop of the tour. Mm -hmm. And man, I I never got tired of that. People just were like. Yeah, it just was such a cool moment because he would pretend like he didn't. It was like some other kid did it, and at yeah. the end he would share that it was him. Yeah. He just had I've a been whole living thing. with this person for ninety-seven years. It's on the internet. <laughs> just yeah, you, you need to watch him um, recite his poem when Earth's last picture was painted. That's right. Um, so yeah, Google that and Barney Smith. Many people posted that on YouTube, but yeah. Um, so yeah, that was. That was fun. Yeah. That's amazing. 1,400, over 1,400 toilet seats. Uh, when I offered, when I asked him if I could do one, he was very specific on the type of toilet seat. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, he was like, it has to be this. You have to make sure there's no metal. Please. Like, he was very specific on, on, on how to do it. And he preferred, I think he's like, he preferred the ones that were more, oval shaped and circular shaped and um yeah he went oh, he loved the toilet seat you made it was, it was just so fun like from barney smith just to, to barney smith like, yeah <laughs> <laughs> no i was yeah it was a it was a genuine pleasure just to have just to be able to and it's funny because it's it's almost to the point where it's like it's uh, you know as we were talking about before we went on the air like he is I mean, he'll always be the more, the most famous Barney Smith. <laughs> like he just had so much. Um, and I think there's another one, like a, there's a Senator or I can't, there's another Barney Smith oh, okay. someplace, but, um, <laughs> but as you said, like he had, like he, it was so, so talk to us a bit about as well about the, uh, how, you know, the process of how did, how involved was he in, you know, the shifting over to the truck yard colony? um on that so how what was the question so uh, the 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 truck yard uh, the 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 truck yard was it the truck yard yeah yeah so i think he got the offer sometime in 2017 so we came on board as volunteers in 2016 right and sometime in 2017 he suddenly announced he was he was feeling too old to run the museum anymore and he wanted to, to sell it right and I think it took about a year till we till he got that offer, and, and it literally was about to go to Eastland, Texas. Um, they were going to try to figure out something there for it, um, but then, yeah, no, he was completely involved in that. Like right. it was not. I did a lot of um, letter writing and local kind of campaigns on my own trying to talk it up like hey san antonio we need to save this um i reached out to i'm just you know at the time i was still pretty new in town and didn't have a huge connection but i right. i did my best to reach out i was there for a lot of newscasts and i always um talked it up like hey this is a treasure we need to save but 
like I said, like people wanted five or six seats. They didn't want 1400. And so just nobody in San Antonio, there just wasn't a place right. at the time for it or the right people to take it on. Like I thought about trying to do it, but it was a lot of work and I needed like a whole group of people and I just wasn't finding it. Right. Um, and Bernie, he wasn't so interested in having a legacy in San Antonio as much as he just wanted to sell sell it and make some money for his family. And right. so, you know, that's, that happens sometimes to kind of genius artists. They don't really think of, a, of themselves as needing a legacy. Um, but the rest of us think, no, no, everybody needs to know that you were on this earth and what you did. But for him, he was, you know, at times humble, even though he was very proud, of course, of what he had done. But he didn't want to, like, be that person, I guess. And so, yeah. But he, um, luckily, the truck yard stepped in. Like, I, it is not in San Antonio, but it preserves his work. And... Um, they did right. such a nice job. They really did. And, you know, we're so happy for Barney that he got to actually go to the, the, um, that grand opening. the grand opening, which is a friends and family event. And right. um, that was June of 2019. And, and he cut the, the ribbon, you know, and walked in and was the first person in his own museum. Like it was a very special moment that I'll never forget. Like, right. Yeah. So we're so we're so happy that that happened. Yeah, there the nice little entryway um, with with all his memorabilia. So <laughs> you know it's, that's the thing. It's like it's really hard to preserve art like this and find a place. And sometimes it takes like a business venture. Like I think that's kind of a new way to to save art. Sometimes you know they decided this was an attraction worth. Um, building up you know building a building for <laughs> right. and they use they use it as like a performance space and other things like it has many purposes but well it's 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 interesting and if you think about it from the perspective of that basically they bought over 1400 pieces of fine art from a famous artist I mean, they did. you know it's um like you talk about legacy like any other artists would, I mean, and it's, and it's good for him to say, no, I want this all to be one collection. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, I mean, it's like other, other, you know, you know, you know, famous he artists. The value of it together versus right. pulled apart because for him, I mean, like Jason told the story in the beginning, he was selling art and then because of the rules, he couldn't sell it out of his garage. So then he's like, Oh, it's not for sale. So it was never for sale until it was for sale. And, right. and when it was, it was everything. And, right. um, I, you know, I, as an artist, to be able to be in charge of your art to the very end is awesome. Because a lot of times, you know, you hear the stories of so-and-so never sold their art till they died or never was worth anything till later. And right. um, he got to see his worth and see his legacy before he died. Right. Um, and that meant a lot because we always were like, what if he passes away during all of this? Because, you know, he actually was in rehab a few times for falls, like anything could have happened. But, um, you know, literally one month after that opening is when he 
laid his hands down for the last time, you know, and was done and passed away. And so yeah. it, it's sad that he had to go. We were very sad and miss him greatly, but it was, it was time. And it, yeah. it it's, it's one of those stories that feels complete and right. not just ending weirdly in the middle. <laughs> so, right. yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah he's, he, 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 I don't know. It's just like, we have this kind of like daily experience with him because we would just, you know, we were in the thick of it with him. We, we just showed up and gave him the muscle when he needed it. Um, I was fixing toilet seats till it, till the, the collection moved because a lot of things had dropped off over the years and were on the floor that we would find as we were cleaning up. And so, you know, it, as someone who's an artist myself and very interested in art history and preserving stuff and legacies. And um, it was such a pleasure to be right in there and be a part with the artist himself. You know, right. like I, I always love, so he would use um, communion cups, he would save and he'd melt them down for his resin. To over his toilet seats like that's the kind of weird stuff like i would learn like he just had all these like weird little tricks he just he was very he was very self-taught you know of course but he he also admired other artists like he he, he liked um watching um oh what's that artist with the tv show bob ross, bob ross. Bob ross. yeah <laughs> we watched an episode of bob ross together <laughs> So he, you know, and he was very involved with, um, I think, art societies and little local art clubs back in the day. Like I, like I said, I wasn't really around during that time, but, you know, mm. I would find like keepsakes and stuff from that time period. And I mean, what a layered life. He like, yeah, a true artist and, and an artist to the end. And, you know, today anyone can go to go see his art today. And that's just incredible. Right. So if so if people want to learn, just kind of like you know, learn more about Barney Smith's the the toilet seat art museum, would the truck the truck yard colony would that be the the best place? Well, you want to see the art in person if you can. Right. It's, it's very physical. Um, I sometime in the middle, I started a Facebook page called the Friends of BES. Mm -hmm. um, which stands for his initials, which he, he would sign his artwork BES a lot. Um, and so you can actually dig through and, and see the end days of the museum on that fa Facebook group. Okay. Um, and we'll and, add a link to, we'll add a link to that Facebook group. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I mean, he's on YouTube. People, I mean, he's so interesting that lots of people documented him. So if you okay. dig around, you can find, different ways he was um people's stories about meeting him and all that but right okay yeah he's uh and yeah so we'll we'll, we'll do it so we'll have the link to to see that as you mentioned definitely see in person it's it's one of those it's one of those things where you just you can get you a bit it's delightfully overwhelming to see 1400 you know pieces of toilet seat art surrounding oh, yeah. you um, um yeah and 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 also as you say we got that the, the facebook group that you're the admin of that has 
I think you got a couple hundred people in there now, right? Yeah. And then if people can always post stories, can I mean, the whole point of it is like, I, I did the Facebook group because I wanted to catalog what was happening at the museum at the time. Um, because he had a Facebook page run by his family, but I don't, they weren't in San Antonio at the museum. They were in another part of the state. And so they, they weren't able to document it the way Jason and I could because right. we were there. Um, so yeah, you get a lot of, if you're really interested, you get the more side stories of his life at the end. And, and, and it's just the unique story of what happens when an artist is getting old and is going to pass away soon? What happens to their art? So it's really kind of a, a bigger story. Oh, yeah. um, and we had no idea what we were getting ourselves into when it all happened. We just thought <laughs> at first, oh, this is kind of fun volunteer work, but it it, it actually kind of overtook our lives for a few years. Too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there was weeks where we're like, oh boy, what have we done? But we just kept coming back because we knew how important it was. And I do feel like there was some reason we came to San Antonio was to help him. Like it just was kind of like we we were needed and we were there. And I don't I don't know what else to say about it, but it was just kind of came together and, and, and I guess he needed us and we needed him. Right. And we were um it's kind of unusual to have some random strangers show up at the end of an artist's life. Cause usually it's like family or long-term friends. And of course those people are around as well, but you know, they'd known about the museum for years. Like it wasn't like a fresh thing to them. Right, and right. so for us, it was interesting and fresh and we wanted to be there all the time. <laughs> so, and we realized that the time was in the time was, um, disappearing like it wasn't going to be long before i mean i i would walk in that museum i took a lot of videos of actually walking through it because i was like there's a time i don't know when it's going to be that no one's going to be able to do this anymore right. and i want to record i want to record this museum as it was it's still amazing to see but you know it, it, it it's in a, a different phase now and right. i think if I if I had come if I had gone to the colony to eat eat some food and have some beer and happen upon the museum today, I would be blown away, not knowing anything else. Like it's definitely it's definitely worth worth the detour. Like yeah, even if it takes you like five hours out of your way, go. Right. <laughs> but you know, to to actually have gotten to know Barney himself is something that I will never forget. Yeah. Right. No, that's the best part of it. And like he always said at the end, you know, he would say, just like kinfolk coming to see me. <laughs> One of his, his catchphrases. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like, yeah, we, we didn't get to talk about it, but like something we got to do for him, like just being at the museum. And so, so his house is neck is, is his house and museum were in the same plot of land, but they're not attached. And he had a little walk space between the two. And he would use a little walker, but he was starting to get really wobbly. And it was getting a little worrisome of him being by himself, trying to get from his back door to the back door of the museum. Mm. And so he had all this bamboo. Yeah. Well, uh, and with that, then he had me build uh, yep. 
railings for him so we to built, get him out there. Actually, I didn't build them. I, yeah. I, I, I was yeah. there, but yeah. But he directed the whole thing. <laughs> like, this is how you do it, you know, and if you weren't following the way he did it, you know, he'd say, hey, you know, you should do it this way. Because so, he know, was so. really good. If he got a little wobble, he could grab onto something in the museum because there's lots yeah. of stuff. But when yeah. he was out in his yard without was... anything, it was really dangerous. So yeah. that that was a project we yeah we helped. Yeah. We had a couple um, fan museum fans came and helped, and we made a whole day of it. And yeah, it was yeah. stuff like that. It was just it, it happened organically. We just saw a need, and we're like, let's we got to do something. And right, yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Carrie and Jason. This is uh, it's 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 been a pleasure to just talk to you and hear some more stories about Barney Smith and um, and that and and as you said, it's so it it's an honor to know that his legacy is is intact and it's um and there's a place that people can go and see that. Yeah, you know, it's not the same as going into his garage, yeah. uh, but it's still. And you know, and then right. for some people they learning. prefer it because they're like, "Oh, I can actually see the right. art." Like it was a little overwhelming yeah. <laughs> in the little teeny garage for some yeah. people. <laughs> right? Yeah. So, yeah. in some ways, it's it could be an even better way to see his art. But yeah, right. or yeah. he's cool. a um, one of he's a Texas treasure, and hmm. I mean, a, an American artist treasure, you know. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you.